about video games. Hello friends and welcome back to the Donkey Kong Artist Podcast. We have been gone for like a year, <laughs> but we're back. Uh, I am Patrick Shanley, one part of the Donkey Kong Artist, and joining me as always is my best friend and co-host, Edmund Arnold. Eddie, what's up, dude? I'm alive. That's what's up. That's good. I mean, I that's a good that's start. that's the only thing you can count as a win these days. I'll take it. Yeah, so I'm alive and I'm playing video games. Are you All playing video games? What video games are you playing? I mean, let's just start off with something that simple, because what is out there right now to play? Yakuza Like a Dragon is what I'm playing mostly. It's what most of my time has been like my JRPG of this year. So that's, thank goodness that came out, because if that didn't come out, I'd be miserable. Can you explain to me what Yakuza Like a Dragon is, because I'm somebody who doesn't play those types of games? It is a re-release of a game that came out a couple years ago, is it not? No, it's, 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 it's a sequel uh, then? Okay, what? Sequel, it's, it's actually its own entry, really. Uh, the, the Yakuza series is a very interesting thing. There's like eight of the ga- I believe there's eight games. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I'm out already. Uh, yeah, like, like eight or nine games. But uh, recently the ga- the series has been in a resurgence because Yakuza 0 kind of brought a lot of different people to the, uh, the, the series. So Yakuza 0 was released, I believe, a few years ago. I yeah, I remember know, that one. And that kind of open the door for all these other games they're re-releasing these games all the time so it's basically like a melodramatic soap opera right <clears throat> but they're all connected right and they all tell like a story together not this one so like a dragon is a whole new protagonist it's a whole new area um new characters it, it it's still the same universe but it's a completely different new basically just new character new characters in this game and it's a jrpg and you and mostly there are action behind the back um Mushing bat, mushing, mushing, button mashing. I almost said mushing batten. Button mashing games with a lot of strategy behind them, um, and this is just taking all the mushing. But why do I? No, you cannot say that. Yeah, the button mashing out of it and just replace it with the JR, your regular JRPG systems, and I really enjoy it. So if I wanted to jump into this franchise, which I do not in any way at all, but if I did, and I was insane this would be a good place to do it. Because this is my thing with all of these franchises or all of this stuff I want to get into, and I don't for the most part, but even if I wanted to, I have to do like 10 years worth of homework to understand what I'm even doing. Is you this not for this one? No, this isn't Final Fantasy, dude. You're like so hooked on Final Fantasy where you need to know about lore of different ridiculous things that never matter. Where uh, Chocobos know, do matter, dude. No, they don't matter. Like, get out of here. Uh, don't get me wrong, Yakuza is an undertaking. It is like a 70-hour game. I think I'm putting it, I put 50 hours in mine so far, but I'm doing everything. So it's a g- big undertaking, but there's not anything... You don't have to read up about the history of how Chocopo mating works. You don't have to wear, read about different uh, lo- locales and different cultures. There's not elves. They're all, you know what I mean? So it's very straightforward. It's basically a gangster, melodramatic soap opera. Got it. But there's no Chocobo, so I'm out. There's no chocobos. There's nothing ridiculous. It's pretty easy to follow. <clears throat> the Like a Dragon has a very good uh, political trap, uh, political storyline running throughout it, and it's very interesting. Like I'm really enjoying the story. I just got to a point where the level jump has been from 35 to or no, I came into the level 
this area at level 33 and you need to be 50 and that's ridiculous to me so now i have to grind for like 20 levels yeah it's gonna take me some time that sounds fun i mean there's nothing more fun than that as a side note googling chocobo breeding brings up some weird things and now i need to scrub my browser history chocobo breeding is a thing so you don't have to do any of that in yakuza and that's why it is a better series in final fantasy mm, you're wrong but way let's move on before we just start screaming at you like the yakuza series are Dumb. way far superior than those who like the final fantasy okay series. well as always you're ignorant uh <laughs> another new game that is maybe coming out at some point i feel like we're not going to see any new games for a very long time we're going to see like little small then we'll get to that later but a couple big announcements from this past week first and foremost among them in my mind is the new Star Wars game that's coming from Ubisoft, and it's more interesting than just the news that Ubisoft's making a Star Wars game or that there's going to be a new open-world Star Wars game. It's that EA now no longer has an exclusive deal for Star Wars after completely bungling it for seven years and releasing, like, what, two, three games the entire time that they had it? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say bungling it. Really? What would you say they did with them then? They gave us two really good Star Wars games. Did they? I would like to hear which those were. Was Jedi Fallen Order? That was a really good game. It's a really good game. It's a good game. Is it even a good game? I played it. I liked it for the first like two hours, and then I set it down and never had any interest in going back to it. Because you don't like new games. You just don't like the new tropes around games. That's true. That came out in the '60s. So that is your thing. In the '60s. You like games that came out when there were no games being released. That's yeah, because dude, I'm old school. Only. Hipster. You're old and you're boring. But yeah, I thought it was a really good game, and Squadrons was good for what it what it was trying to do. So I, I think, just think that EA just didn't put any priority into it, and they only gave us what, two games and then the MMO, which a lot of people. How? Don't. I'm just gonna stop you right there. How? How do you not put priority into Star Wars? It's Star Wars. Because it's EA, and you have priorities in Madden. Yeah, well, I mean, if, uh, yeah, I guess when Madden stops making enormous amounts of money every single year, I guess I'll start <laughs> arguing with that. But it does. Every year, it's in the top ten of bestsellers. They make the same game every year and just slap a new year on it. Yeah, I, I mean, in EA, just, they tried to jump in with Apex Legends. I don't, I have no idea how well Apex Legends is doing right now. Yeah, I kind of forget about it. It still has, like, an audience, but it's not, you know, it's not a Fortnite killer like they thought it was going to be. How much energy was put into that, because... You know, EA's about <clears throat> making their money, so in Star Wars, Both I don't respawn, know if it's too. as big as a money maker as it used to be in terms of video games. I don't know, we'll see. Um, I am curious of the fact, everyone was so excited about this, because I guess they love Star Wars and open world sounds good for Star Wars, I guess. Uh, is Ubisoft who you want to have this license? Are they that much better than EA? No. Right? Like, <laughs> what is the equivalent to climbing a tower in Star Wars? <laughs> What does the Star Wars tower look like? I don't know. <laughs> there will be towers in this game. Calling it right I, now. I, and I didn't see much excitement. And I hate to say, it, I didn't see much excitement about <clears throat> Ubisoft being around, being able to do doing the next Star Wars game. I think I saw more excitement about EA not having the license anymore to so see more <sighs> Star Wars games coming from different developers. See, that's what I like, and that's the thing that I think is getting overlooked in here. It's not that Ubisoft now has the license to Star Wars; it's that anyone can potentially, in theory, now, Star Wars is open to being licensed to lots of different studios. So you might see a lot of different Star Wars games, which could be good and bad. If you want to do that, because I don't understand why you would want to touch this franchise. Me either, thank you. It it has the worst fan base ever. Like, 
it's up. It has to be up there, and they're not happy about anything ever, right? And also, again, you want to talk about like a high learning curve and like years of history you have to do before you even start it. Like, good luck getting the Star Wars, dude. Like, there's a you can casually get into Star Wars, but you have so many of these nerds that are so into it, they ruin it for anyone who tries to casually get into it. Because like extras, literally extras from the original movies, have like novels written about them now. Yeah, and I, you know, and I love that. I think it's interesting. Cool, but you cannot casually get into this. I mean, you can get in. You can be the fan that watches the movies and don't mm-hmm. touch the books and everything. But then these other fans are gonna look at you like you're you're disgusting. Like, oh, you you're not worthy of how dare you that I'm watching because you haven't invested over a million hours in all this different lore and it's just like get get off of it let me get on my artist soapbox real fast why would somebody who wants to be a storyteller or want to create art be like yeah i want to work in this franchise that's existed for almost 50 years like that's that's how i'm going to express myself creatively is by using this gigantic sandbox that somebody else created 50 years ago like I think I'm, that's a little harsh. I think you maybe though, but I mean, your own story within an established universe with your own characters, and I, I think it's possible. I think it is too, and I think great people can do it. And like, look, I like the Mandalorian. I think John Favreau is a genius in lots of ways, even though he you know, he makes pop, but he's good at making it. At the same time, like, if you were like a real storyteller, like, is this what you want to tell your story in? Is somebody else's franchise? You don't want to create your own IP. Like, I can see you starting that way and kind of coming up and making a name for yourself, but. If you're already established, like that's what you want to do? You want to tell somebody else's stories? Or a story in somebody else's universe that you didn't make? I mean, it's a good way to g- gain an audience too, right? I if guess. Look at the th- true creators out there, the world creators out there. Are they bringing in an audience as these MCUs and these DCs and these Star Wars? Right. And even the Jurassic Wars? Oh, well, okay, so here's why this is an issue for me. Because it already happened in movies. Movies, are they're trash. They're trash now. Like, it used to be the super high art form, and there's still great, like, artistic movies. I thought Parasite was, like, it floored me. I haven't been that, like, blown away by anything in a really long time. Book, whatever. Um, but those are so few and far between nowadays. Now it's just, like, do we really want the commodification, the franchisification that has plagued movies for so long to happen to games? It's already happening in games, too. But, I mean, it's just going to get ramped up now. All those people who worked in Hollywood, they're just, they're seeing games now, and the same people are going to move over and start running game studios. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, and I, you know we're seeing it because look at all these established universe games getting announced, right. and no new IPs are getting announced. I mean, we're getting an Indiana Jones game. Which what? Why? I love Indiana Jones. I love Indiana Jones so much. But do I want an Indiana Jones games when I've already had Lara Croft Tomb Raider for what my entire life, and also the Uncharted games? It's bad timing, I, and it depends. You know, what if the Indiana Jones game is a lot more of a puzzler platformer? than the hmm. Uncharted and the Laura Croft games. I mean, what if there are a lot more puzzles? What if there's more puzzles than action in these games? Yeah. And, you know, it, what if it's a very... I mean, you can't... It's hard to do the story, the cinematic-type game, because mm-hmm. both of these explorer-type games are cinematic-type games, so this is going to be the third type of this type of game. So you're uh. really going to have to do something different. And... Look at... Look at the studios making it, you know? Like, look at Bethesda's pedigree. And not that they haven't made, like... there's uh, The Wolfenstein team is working on this, too, which makes me feel like it's probably going to be a bit more cinematic, like, action-y stuff in it. Killing Nazis. Yeah, yeah, you probably will, actually, because it's Indiana Jones. Um, But I would rather see, like, old-school Bethesda, like, RPG games. I get... Well, I don't know. Can you do an RPG game with 
Indiana Jones. I would like to see something out of the box. I've already played a cinematic Indiana Jones type game. Do something different with it. I mean, they could give us a first, our first first person this type game. You know what I mean? Because Bethesda is largely first person games. Yeah. And machine games. I'm sorry, um, are largely first person games. So I don't think they've done a third person. And they've done have been first person Wolfenstein in Quake games. So that would blow people's minds if you took one of this most like iconic characters and Harrison Ford's beautiful face and then made it a first person game where you don't even see it. I mean, but that's kind of what you have to do because we're just yeah. we're sitting here complaining and we've already had two of these third person type experiences. <clears throat> and and it's the thing that stinks is that Uncharted and Laura Croft are two great franchises. Right. So that is a hard, those are some hard shoes to fill. And they were great for their time, because back then, like, cinematic games, games wanted to be cinematic. Now they've already achieved it. I've already seen games able to be cinematic. And now, like, every triple game I get, I feel like I'm playing the same game to one degree or another. Whereas in the indie space, they're, it's a game. It's interactive, and they understand that. And they're doing things where, like, oh, no, a game is supposed to have mechanics and, like, is a game first. Then you do the other stuff around it, you know? I feel like in AAA, it's like, well, we already know this works. You climb a tower, like, you unlock this area, or, like, there's a quick time event, and most of the time you're just, like, smashing squares, like, dodging with O, and that's, like, the whole game, right? Whereas, yeah. like, I want to see more risk-taking in AAA games. And again, this is why I always go back to Red Dead so much. Not that, like, the formula of Red Dead changes so much, but it was so slow on purpose for a AAA game just to I mean, it pissed a lot of people off, too, of how slow that game is but they made you live in that world and be a cowboy and i thought that was amazing and a huge swing from like a triple a studio and super boring but yeah, I, <laughs> yeah it was that's a trade-off um so yeah it was a trade-off and it worked right a lot of people enjoyed that mm -hmm. game and a lot of people like me thought that game was the most boring thing they touched that year yeah but we already so, said that you're wrong all the time so like we can yeah, move on from that. no that game is very boring <laughs> But yeah, and, you know, like Todd skinning boards. Yeah, I think Todd Howard is executive producing this game, and Todd Howard is the big time Bethesda executive producer behind a lot of those Elder Scrolls games that uh, DLCs that people really like. Yeah, uh, he was he was the director behind Skyrim, Dawn Guard, Health. I mean, he was you know brought in a lot of those um, games that we just enjoyed. He also was a game director of Fallout 4, Fallout 76. But so <laughs> that's know that's for now. Um, I mean, I honestly believe this will be a first person game um, that is a bold prediction and if you're right i'm going to be super duper impressed and i will come back and talk about this podcast and be like remember when ed Madonna said that this was what was going to happen and they'll be like no one cares about you shut up uh, i don't think it's that bold I, I just i think that's the way you have to go with these games and yeah. i think a lot of people have the same had the same complaints as we did like oh man another uncharted and i think that's unfair because indie uncharted was spawned through indiana yeah, it was jones. based on indiana jones yeah so um I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what the development of this game looks like, and I'm interested to see what the finished product is going to look like. I would be excited to see a good Bethesda game again, because it's been a while, and it's the same with Bioware. You know, like, if they're working on a new Mass Effect, like, I want that game to be good. I don't want these companies that I grew up loving to not make good games. Like, I want them to get back to where they were. Who knows if that's possible or what. Yeah, I, I do too, but I would love for them to get back to with some new IPs. Huh? Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I don't know. How... Again, I'm not on the money side, you know, like, it's a business, dude, and they have to make money, and frankly, like, name recognition goes a really long way, and it's super risky to be like, I got $70 million, let's invest in this thing that no one's ever heard of before, that may or may not work. Yeah. And they tried that, by the way, with Bioware and Anthem, and it completely tanked. Yeah, you're right, you're right, but Bio Anthem tanked because the development around that game was a well, yeah. disaster, and the decisions around that game were an absolute disaster. I mean, look at the top 20 
best-selling games, I mean, in the top... Well, Call of Duty has been the top-selling franchise for the last 12 years in a row. I mean, the seven-selling games is Ghost of Tsushima. That is a new IP. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, I mean, Cyberpunk 27, 2077 is on there at 19. That's a new IP. True, though it is based on, like, a tabletop game. Though, everybody yeah, says that yeah. as if anyone would care. Like, how many people played that tabletop game? Be honest. <laughs> I think it's still well. I think it's like one of the best selling. Sure, dude, but it's a tabletop game. Like, come on. Yeah. Well, I, I say the same thing about uh, mobile games, and you yell at me. So, yeah. But um, I just like yelling. It's yeah, my thing. But yeah, you know, I think I think people are thirsty for new IPs. But again, it goes back to these people that are making games, and these people that are not developing, but these people that are making the decisions about which game to develop don't really know the audiences yeah and just going off of what is popular and what's easy to sell is nostalgia right that is still we can't get over that hump so let's bring out things that are 20 or 30 years ago um 30 years old make it new put some make it shiny and hopefully it sells well this is also nostalgia for look i know that there's a lot of gamers who are older than i am but i mean like we're not that young and indiana jones the last indiana jones movie came out before i was born and, like, I know that there's been one since then, though I tried to forget about it, and Indiana Jones is super popular. But, like, even with Star Wars, I know that there's new Star Wars movies, and there have been, like, a lot in my lifetime, but it became super popular long before I was born, and long before all millennials were born. And we have nostalgia for this thing, and a lot of people do, for things that, like, you weren't even alive when these things were popular. No. Like, what about the nostalgia for, my, like, are they making a My Chemical Romance game? No. <laughs> <laughs> no one would ever want to touch my <laughs> Press X to hate your dad. Right? Like, maybe in 20, 30 years, we're going to see a lot more. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles resurgence, and we'll see a lot more quality Power Ranger games. Who knows? Um, Blues Clues game. Just like a gritty, dark Blues Clues game. Like, you're you're investigating a murder, but it's blue. Oh, just, oh my gosh. (laughs) Something should make that. Detective Pikachu, but with Blues Clues, and it's just an. Just, 17 adventures. Yeah, just super hardcore and like hard boiled. He's like smoking cigarettes and. It's just like discovering like this person's just putting out smut videos and he's just got blue. Mothos. <laughs> just like, I want, I want just, just the dirtiest blues, blues clues. In the world. But they keep all the original songs, like the male song and everything. <laughs> but it's like a finger, <laughs> like a crib sheet note. I mean, let's do it. Blues Clues had some of the darkest rumors around that game growing up. Like, I remember people used to say Steve um, OD'd off of heroin, and I found out that that dude is still alive. So. Yeah, why does everyone... Ru- I don't know. People are crazy, and they like to ruin people's childhood. Which brings us back to them making a Star Wars and Indiana Jones game. Uh, <laughs> I don't even care about Star Wars and Indiana Jones. I don't know if I do either, honestly. And I like these franchises. I'm not going to say, like, I don't. I've, like, seen everything they put out. But, like, am I sitting around like, oh, man, I can't wait for an Indiana Jones game? No, I'm not. And kids don't know who Indiana Jones is. That's my thing too. It's like, who's your audience? Who's your audience gaming? That's my uh, other like thing now too. For thirty to fifty year old people still playing video. Games. Right, exactly. So like, you're appealing to old people. You're not appealing to young people. Whereas like, we'll see. We'll see what the yeah. you know this game just got announced. We'll see what the ad marketing is and what type of game they make. And like, I like. I really think this is gonna be a first person like slow adventure type game. I hope you're right because I would like to see something like that and something out of the box. But you brought up a good point and I think it's funny because this stuff. I feel like games. A lot of games are like they're marketed for older people. Even like mature games, you can be 18 and be in high school and like play mature games. And by the way, like everyone who's in high school is still playing mature games. We played Grand Theft Auto when we were in sophomores in high school. I remember sitting around talking about. It. But 
like everybody overlooks Roblox, which is this game for children, which has been around for 16 years now and makes billions of dollars every single year, and nobody talks about it, and yet it's this enormous thing. Or like Fortnite, people stop talking about it until they do an event, but Fortnite is there every single day, like, and it's really important to people who are much, much younger than I, this audience. And I had an epiphany, right, because over break I um, was back in Reno, mm -hmm. and get, uh, my parents were helping someone raise kids, and they're they're playing Roblox, right? And I think the reason we don't hear about Roblox, and you bring up this point, the reason we don't hear about Roblox and the reason we don't hear about Fortnite is because these kids don't consume that type of media. Yeah. These kids aren't listening to podcasts. These kids aren't reading the Hollywood Reporter. These kids aren't watching Ben TV. These kids have like these select celebrities that they're watching, celebrities, YouTube personalities <laughs> that they're seeing on YouTube, and that's where they're consuming all their media, and those are the people that are focusing on Roblox, right. those are the people that are focusing on Fortnite, and those are the people that are focusing on all these other obscure mobile titles that are really popular with young people. Us old farts that like to complain and yell at the clouds, we're the ones consuming podcasts, we're the ones watching uh, IGN videos, we're the, I think, we're the ones reading these game informer articles, so that's why we, you don't see a lot of things talking about Roblox and Fortnite, even though those are the big money makers in the industry right now. There's such a disconnect between like these three generations, and it's hilarious, right? It's this older generation above us, like older Gen X and like, I guess baby boomers if they're still... I mean, baby boomers are starting to age out of like positions of power now. But even the ones that are still there, they think of us and our generation, like millennials, as if we're Gen Z, as if we have the same thing. And whereas we don't think about what Gen Z does at all, and Gen Z doesn't really care about what millennials think about. And there's this like there's gulfs between all three generations, and nobody is paying attention to like what is actually driving anything. It's like you're selling to. I don't think anyone knows what their audience is anymore. Whereas like. Twitch and these streamers have now become like the actual zeitgeist movers for this younger generation and even our generation who is the same age as these people who are generally on Twitch and everything we don't think about them or care about them and I don't even though I have to cover them I've met like 800 of them already and interviewed them and know them I still don't care I don't so watch Twitch yeah, pretty much. We grew up with print, and we grew up with G4, so it, I know it was a different type of media, right. and you know it's hard because a lot of the gatekeepers of these YouTube and these Twitches, they are catering to an audience where a lot of them are just screaming and yelling out random words, and and you know it's not fair, but like it's I think a lot of that when you see that for the first time, it oh, uh oh turns you off so that all these guys that are actually crazy ladies that are doing good work and not yelling and not screaming and actually mm -hmm. presenting good information and doing some type of investigative journalism if they can they're getting buried right because they're not getting the views because they're not interesting enough yeah. so it's 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 a weird medium now it's it's and like you said there's three different three different generations that and i don't know how you as a company try to nail every generation like i look at then right then is trying its best to capture three generations and they're having a hard time doing it. Like I see a yeah. lot of the memes that they're posting are memes <clears throat> that are using Gen X language, but it's aimed at Gen Z, you know, the Zoomer generation, yeah. and just like man, oh man. Um, it is. I mean, that's what uh, these generations. We have no. Uh, there's no connection with like what is popular with a millennial is not popular with a Gen Z person or popular with like a Gen X or a, a boomer person. In fact, we're much closer than 
to them than we are to Gen Z, I think, like in terms, because we all grew up in a, a pseudo same world, whereas this is a completely different world where everything's digital, everything's instant. Like, and I don't think anyone truly, at least at this point, except for the people endemic, like you have individuals who are really good at reaching these people. You do not have corporations that truly understand yeah. this generation yet. I think you're really right. And, and you really see it as, uh, with the different personalities, like they know their demographic. Yeah. That demographic, like the angry reviewer is catering to an older demographic and he's way different than i don't know any young i'm sorry i don't know any young um, <laughs> you're not hip yeah i don't i'm sorry but like when i was home the young 13 year old kid that's always at our house he was watching a largely a lot of young african-american males playing nba 2k hmm. and these guys had a lot of followers and i had never heard of them were they younger guys or were they very young they were like 20 in their 20s okay very entertaining guys like yeah. i was you know entertained watching them with him and i'm like okay oh, this i i didn't know there were a lot of people just streaming 2k just 2k which again is a game that like Kids love. Yeah, but nobody ever talks about, right? Like, we talk about it in the sense that, like, oh, there might be a tournament or, like, earlier, you know, during the pandemic when things shut down, they were having, like, online tournaments. Obviously, it became, like, a thing then. But we don't really talk about sports games. They're not, like, driving conversation, at least in the spaces that I'm in. And yet, like, tons of kids are tuning into this type of stuff. Yeah, because kids love NBA 2K. Yeah. Like, think about it. When you were a kid, you bought NBA 2K every year. Dude. Because if you love basketball, you were in. Most kids like basketball. Right. You're buying NBA 2K games. A lot of these adults stop buying these games because they're yearly iterations, so they stop talking about them. Yeah, and because we're fat and our knees hurt. <laughs> and you'd rather watch the game, right? Than rather play it than play it. But you know, and I know a lot of people, older people that are. That's all they do play is NBA 2K. Yeah. So it's just this is a very <clears throat> wide avenue of games available for people now. You know, back in the day, there was just only one or two games released every month, and that, that's what people were talking about. Whereas now, you're getting number one, you're getting people playing one game for multiple years, and that game keeps getting updates, which keeps it fresh every year and mm -hmm. every year. And number two, you're getting reiterations of that same game every year so that people are coming back, and you're getting sports, you're getting puzzlers. I mean, it's just, it's so wide. I don't know how one, one company Thank you. can capture all that. Dude, but that's, the, that's exactly the point I wanted to make, too, is that you can't possibly cover how wide this is. And these audiences, have, they have zero overlap. There is zero overlap between lots of the different people who are, like, in gaming or gamers or whatever you want to call them, right? The thing is, you're better served is to have people in a corporation who are very niche. You know, like, instead of going super broad with a lot of it, it's much better to just go really drill into one thing, you know, like... This is the show, or be like, this is why you see streamers generally play like one game or two games, and they might yeah. like experiment with other games once they have an audience. But generally, like, you're a Fortnite streamer, or you're like an Apex Legends streamer, whatever the hell you are. You're a Barney's Blues Clues Barbie's Adventure streamer. That's a game, right? That crossover too. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. That's a dream team. Hey, let's get that NC17 remake right away. Right. Damn. <laughs> Damn. But yeah, you're right, and I and I think I would I wish more. And you know, you're not gonna get this in this type of system that we live in. But like, I wish like the Hollywood Reporter would be like, hey, you know, we're just gonna take these sci-fi RPGs. IGN, you know, you focus on these adventure games. Right. You know, just focus on the adventure games. We'll cover all the sci-fi because we care about our consumers and we want these games covered and we want our consumers to know about these games. Rather than us focusing on the five popular games, like I, listen, Among Us is a very great story. Hooray for them. Hooray for the three developers or four developers that made that game. It's a remarkable game. 
I man, so for those three to four months, every single story about a video game with about Among Us. Every time you turn on YouTube, everybody was playing Among Us. I get it because these people aren't driving a conversation; exactly. they're reacting to a conversation. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I, I don't know if you know, you focus on whatever is popular. I, I think that means we have less investigative journalists, which means that the cyberpunk thing happens the way it happens. <laughs> I don't know. I could be speculating, but I, I don't know. You know what I mean? But, so, and it's not even just you know, like it doesn't have to be investigative journalism. I think. Look, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but what I'm saying is, is that like the success that I've had in my career in covering this type of stuff is you can go broad with the industry, but if you're going to do that, then cover it as an industry. You know, like you're not doing consumer press on every single thing in the world because no one could possibly do that. There's too much of it, and it's not going to land because you're going to have a whole bunch of people who don't really know that much about a lot of stuff covering things just because they feel like they have to. As opposed to if you do the back end of it, business is business, dude, like across the board. Whether you're a really small company, whether you're a really big company, at a certain point, it all is kind of the same type of thing, just on different scales. And that, to me, was something that's it's still missing, frankly, in video game coverage. Now we're just talking about journalism. But that is a separate thing, and if you approach it that way and look at it as like, oh, I'm going to cover the business of video games, you're going to have way more success than being like, oh, I'm going to, here's my guy to Apex Legends and then also I cover mobile games over here like how dude how do you do all these things and how many people do you know in this how can you know how many this this many people in this space who have enough impact here Ooh, that's I get a it. wonderful question that's a wonderful question and I, I agree with everything you say this is what people are doing and it's just like that's why I mean people have issues with the media for lots of reasons and they're definitely not just limited to this but this is one of the issues you know it's like you're spreading yourself too thin and trying to do you're trying to appease way too many people at the same time and these people have no relation to each other you know like if you're somebody who just plays Madden you're not going to read something about like why Among Us is getting huge or blah 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 in fact most people who play almost everyone plays video games in some degree or another right uh, very few of those people would go and be like, I identify as a gamer. By the way, no one should ever say that because that's a stupid thing to do. Like, you identify yourself by the hobby that you do. I guess people do that. You can say you're a roller skater or something. Yeah, all right, maybe that's a little bit too harsh. But still, like, do like, that's like, that's your identity is that you play things that other people did. Like, I'm a book reader or I'm a film watcher. Like, you don't do it with other media. It's weird. I guess there's cinephiles too. They're a film watcher, yeah, cinephiles. I just find that very dry. Like if that's some people say are book readers by trade. That's I think sad to me. Like to boil down your identity to something that's that like the media you consume. Yeah, I know. A whole another conversation is people are basing their identities off of way ridiculous things now, right. which is leading to a whole different other um, issues. And you know, we can also say that people aren't really basing their personalities off of values anymore. They're basing their personalities off of. Well, it's consumption is my... Well, yeah, there you go. And if you want to take up an issue with... Sorry, now we're getting really far afield, but still. Like, if you want to get, take up an issue with capitalism or, like, consumerism, like, that's a true... That's, that, to me, is the most odious and insidious part of, like, all of this, is that people now are defined by the products they consume. Maybe they always were, but it seems more so nowadays that people truly, like, self-identify with, like, the fanship that you hold, and that's... What a bizarre way to identify yourself as a human being. So the Twitter profile is the Twitter bio, right? Yeah. It's like you put in your Twitter bio, I'm an avid Sony fan, avid Microsoft fan, uh, DC for life, Marvel for life, and that becomes your identity. 
and then a lot of and then when you're getting paid like a lot of these people on right. YouTube, if you're getting paid off of having that type of personality or only reviewing DC or only yelling about Marvel or only yelling about Sony or only yelling about Microsoft, then that becomes your identity because you're making money off of that. Other people see that because they're impressionable and then they follow through. And let's, let's not pretend them. A lot of these people that we're yelling at on the internet and have these identities based on their consumer products are children. Right. Teenagers. Because it's a childish... I'm sorry to just say this so bluntly, but it's, it's quite frankly, it's a childish way to live. Oh, yeah. You don't, you know, you don't have any insights of who you truly are, so therefore right. you tag onto something, and we can get into it all day. I mean, it's psychology one-on-one, right? Um, and then, you know, once people get that ideal sense of self, and once they get into that, we hope once they get into that older, those older ages and those ideals start slipping. And that's why you see a lot of these like older people that are covering games and covering pop culture. Mm-hmm. Some of them, some of them, <laughs> they don't have their identity very enmeshed in a cultural product, right? Right. So and those are the ones that I tend to, I, me personally, I tend to follow and I tend to enjoy reading what they have to put out. Yeah, maybe that just makes us old now. It used to be, well, maybe it didn't used to be. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't live back then. Everybody who says that, by the way, like, oh, this is how it used to be back then. Be like, were you there? No. Like, so I have no idea what it was like. But I know for myself personally, look, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. Like, I like Lord of the Rings. I think it's a great story. What it does, I, I <laughs> and I like Final Fantasy for the same types of reasons. What it, it can imprint on your personality, and I think that's good, and I think it should be. That's what it's supposed to do. It, like, it sparks something in you, the story, where you can connect with the character or see, like, the overall themes and use it as, like, a guidepost with how you make moral decision-making or... Uh, frankly, as somebody with like a more artistic bent, like it, it can help inform the things that you want to create in your life too. But to define myself as a person, or to say my personhood is that like I am a Lord of the Rings fan, like that's who I am as a human being. Like, dude, that's a weird thing to do because a guy you never met who died fifty years before you were born wrote that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. and I, you know, I'll, I'll take it to a lesser degree. I was a huge Titans fan growing up, and I loved the Titans. Bro, everything about the, I wore Titan stuff all the time. Like I. All the players were like my heroes. Why were you a Titans fan? Sorry, I'm like, but is it because of Eddie George? Steve McNair. Oh, alright. Yeah, Steve, uh, Steve McNair was like my hero when he was playing. He was referencing there were not a lot of black quarterbacks. Like, that was the leader of the team. I love the quarterback position. It's always been one of my favorite positions in sports. So when Steve McNair came, wow, we're really talking about sports. <laughs> so when Steve McNair came on, um, you know, on the grind, it was. He was, he, I loved him. I loved him. And then Eddie George was a very nice addition to that. So, Don't um, but yeah, the Titans were my identity. And then when I was a child, when they would lose games, I would take that as a personal loss. You, mm-hmm. know, you would call them your team, our team. We are playing this Sunday. Who are we playing this Sunday? And, you know, and that's a very lesser extent of it. But, yeah, everyone gets guilty of it, and we need to stop identifying ourselves as these things that don't necessarily <clears throat> care about us, right? Yeah. They well, just want our money, right? Like, well, yeah, that's the end, of the, the end of it, right? Like, it's just a consumer product. And the thing is, is, like, I'm not trying to say, like, you can't be a fan of things. Like, I'm a huge oh, yeah, Yankee fan. Like, yeah, and I self-identify as that sometimes, too, but it's not, my, it's not the bulk of my personality. It's just, like, an, I don't even know if it's an aspect of my personality. It's just, like, part... It's a small part of who I am as a person, I guess, but it's by no means does it, like, dictate how I live my life being a Yankee fan, unless I see yeah. a Red Sox fan, and then it does. It, yeah, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Like, be a fan of something, be a super fan of something. Sure. Just don't be toxic about it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I guess maybe that's, like, the core of all of this. Is that, is, everything. Yeah. Because right? if you're too entrenched, and if you're on a team, it becomes zealotry, and it becomes... Right. Uh, zealotry, I think, is just the same... It's the other side of the coin of bigotry, frankly. Like, they're, they're part and parcel of me. 
Yeah, you know, we you see it all the time in the Bay Area with these, you know, giants and Dodgers and mm -hmm. pushing people in wheelchairs downstairs. And Good God! You did that? Out. You personally did that? And I, 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 <laughs> I love the Dodgers and the Giants so much that I would <laughs> shove somebody down a staircase. Do something like that. But I, that was a big issue like 10 years ago when I was in college and it had to be stopped yeah. for a while. Well, there was the so, Brandon Stowe thing or Brian you know, Stowe. But what? Uh, Brandon Stowe or <laughs> <laughs> talk crap about the Dodgers, bro? There was the guy in the parking lot, Brandon Stowe, who got beaten into a coma because. That was, a, yeah, it, it was over that, a baseball all game. that, like in a three or four year span. Mm -hmm. So it was, so it's just, you can like things, you can, you know, have your avatar on Twitter be Yoshi. You know, like that's cool, but when you start just like these Star Wars fans that jump on people because they don't like something, or jump on people because something is too SJW, I just like chill, man, chill. You yeah. Know, or something like this. <laughs> There's just so much yelling. My thing too is just like, why? Why do you care? I don't know. Like, why? Both sides too. Like, I don't care if people get angry about like an article I wrote, unless it's factually inaccurate. In which case, like, I'll try and change it to make it reflect, you know, reality. Like, so if you want to get mad about that, I get that. But, like, if you're going to get mad about, like, the content or get mad at me for quoting somebody else who said something, like, what a bizarre, like, thing to do. I, do, I just don't care. I'm not going to respond to you. Yeah. And it's funny how we had this long conversation and didn't bring up cyberpunk at all. <laughs> I'm just so... All this is cyberpunk, yeah. basically. I'm just so bored by it, to be honest with you. I Like, I know that that's dumb and naive because it's a big story and it's ongoing. No, and there's, like, a big I don't report. think it is dumb and naive. I think it's one of those stories where it's just, like... It's one of those things that everyone was focused on it for so many weeks, and even that apology came out this week. Yeah, but there's this there's this gross, like gleeful, like dancing on their grave or something. Like it's a it's a studio with like they have 800 employees. It's like a really big company. A lot of people worked really hard on this, and it didn't work out the way it did. And there might have been like some crappy stuff that happened. And I understand that, but like not everyone involved with it is a crappy person. And like I just I, I feel like all the reports I've read are pretty not great on it frankly like i don't think anyone's done like a true like what actually happened and now you have like back and forth on twitter between like a guy who wrote an article and a guy who works at the company and i just don't care i don't care about this drama like I, it's a it's a video game can i ask you something um and this is way off we didn't even talk about going into this but has there ever been a situation and have you ever been in a situation where you try to get someone to comment on an article you posted before and then that person releases your questions that you sent to them uh, I've never seen anything like this before and it was strange to me and Cyberpunk 27.7 continues to be the strangest video game story of all time I do not do email interviews where I'm sending questions and I definitely do not tell subjects questions before I am on the phone with them I might give them an overview of like these are the topics we might be talking about I'm never ever 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 do I share questions before an interview I have done email interviews and the only time I've ever done it which it might come in to play in this scenario because it's a Polish company is if there's a language barrier and it's the only way to do it so with Japanese developers I have done email interviews. but did they take the questions from the email or did they take the questions from the reporters tweets I think it was uh, like he like quoted either from the story or uh, quoted from the tweets and then responded to them like one by one I don't know if it was actually like interview questions it does make me wonder I know like did he reach out to him for an interview on the story and didn't talk to it, it I've never been in a situation where and I guess I don't know I've written certain things that were like not 
flattering for a company, but I've never done like a deep investigative like thing about like the drama behind the scenes of like a game or something. So maybe it's just because I haven't been in this situation. But you know, I give everybody a chance to comment, especially if it's going to be a a thing that they're not happy about. And I. I don't know, I try very, very hard in the work that I do to make sure I'm not just like pushing forward something I think is true, you know? Just because certain people at a place say something happened, and even if it did just happen to them, does that mean it's endemic across the entire place? And if you don't give another side a chance to respond, I don't even say that's what happened here. I'm just saying that that is something that needs to be in mind all the time when you're writing these types of articles. Yeah, and yeah, you answered my question because that was something, I've, I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen a reporter post a story and then come out and say like and i don't know maybe it's just because he has a bad reputation i don't know if it's i think that's part of it frankly he's always getting beat up on twitter for the way he handles his stories but you know i've never seen a reporter come out and say like yeah i put out this story it may make them look bad but these were the questions i try to ask the main game director and he never got back to me so if anyone wants to beat me up i still went around and did it this way and then the game director like the day later comes out with those questions and it's just weird man so it's just like yeah but what do you expect to have like you're antagonizing people and also i don't understand why whatever i mean like i don't want to get into like this finger pointing thing but it's just like oh if you're a journalist why are you antagonizing people i don't understand did your computer die are you yelling and we don't have to get into it because we didn't talk about it before but that was just something that no i totally agree with you it was very and i'm not a reporter i'm just a consumer but I've, I've never seen anything like the development of this game before. It's just been a, anything. yeah, it's just been crazy town the whole time. I just, yeah. I don't know, I just don't care. <laughs> I, I, I don't care, care along the lines that I think it's just going to change a lot of things. I mean, like the certification process, I think the way people cover games is going to change. I hope, I hope this is going to change things in games because this is, I, again, I've never seen anything like this before. Look, I mean, like, you signed an NDA. If you have a review process in which video is a huge component of how you do reviews, and you signed an NDA that said that you couldn't show footage from the review that you did, and then you still ran your review, like, I, dude, I don't understand that at all. Like, I, how? How are you going to do that? How is that fair to your readership to do that? And frankly, that's, that's ridiculous from CD Projekt Red to put that into something. I gotta be number one, yo. I need these views, yo. I gotta be number one, yo. That's that's just what I gotta do. Yeah. You know, I don't care about the fidelity. I don't care. I have to be number one because if I'm number one, people will watch it. My views get up, and I get paid by YouTube. Yeah, I mean that's it. I mean the whole thing is just cultivating your own audience. And then again, sorry, this is my last thing I'll say about like media and journalism is thing. Get on your high box. Your your goal as a journalist should not be like amassing some huge following for yourself. Your goal should be writing stories that resonate with people. If it's a byproduct of that that like people start following you or whatever the hell or know who your name is, like great dude, but that should not be the reason you got into this. You're you're not trying to be a celebrity. That's not the goal of a journalist. Yeah. At least it shouldn't be. Anyway, there's my soapbox. Yeah, oh yeah, that's, seriously, that's the real question. Anyway, let's move on to the year that we're currently in, which is 2021, which seems insane to me because that's ridiculous. <laughs> it is a crap year. And it's going to be a crap year for video games, which is what I want to talk about. I think there were a lot of game delays last year, and people were like, oh, we get it because of the pandemic. But you don't... Uh, the games that were delayed last year still mostly got released. They just released a little bit later. You're really going to start feeling delays now because the games that were in early development last year, they're really going to get pushed back. And I don't think we're going to have any major games this entire year. I agree with you. I, I don't 
think we're going to get, because let's talk about the major games yep. that are supposed to be released this year. Uh, Hitman 3, that's coming out. We know that that's coming out. Right. Um, but again, that was already like pretty much in the queue. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty much sold back to last year. You know, we're going to get a Far Cry 6. Again, also in development like a long time ago. I talked to um, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, who's the villain in this one. I talked to him last February or last January, before it was announced, right? Sorry, was it? Sorry, <laughs> did you kiss his ring? <laughs> Whatever man, if I was personally. That man him. is amazing. Okay, sorry, sorry about that. Dude, he's great. He was an amazing interview. I don't even know if it ran because it was like one of the last things I did at THR. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, so that one's been a long time too. So both of those games, long time in development. It makes sense that they'd still be launching. Did he do motion capture for that? He did. He did. Yes. He talked to Clancy Brown, who's one of his friends, who's an awesome actor, who I've also spoken to about this, which is why this came up in our conversation. And he said that talking to Clancy Brown was one of the reasons why he wanted to do it, because Clancy Brown enjoyed it so much on Detroit Become Human. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. And that man, he's, he's a test man. He's going to do it every I, I know people say he gets cast that's the same role and everything, but man. Yeah, but he kills it every time, so. Yeah. He brings it. So, what, okay, sorry. Um, Horizon, Forbidden West. I don't. I you know. I'd be very surprised if we see that this year. Same. Don't expect it. Um, Resident Evil Village. I know they came out with that photo with the very tall woman that's making everyone go crazy. <laughs> that's how stupid video games are now. Um, you know, who knows? I, I I think we could get that coming out this year. Death Loop for sure is coming out this yep. year. That game I'm actually excited about. Though, but I mean, again, we're getting pretty loose with what we call like a major release. I mean, I guess that's a major that's release, a major but release. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? All right. You know, all right. Fine. I think that studio's done enough to like. I mean, we saw. We saw people who stormed the Capitol with dishonored tattoos. True. <laughs> I think that game is either niche enough or popular enough. <laughs> that was... <laughs> I shouldn't laugh about that, but man. I know, it was pretty funny. This is what video games are. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so Hogwarts Legacy, you consider that that's a big game? Yeah, that oh, yeah of course, game. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. God of War was slated for 2021. That's not happening. Um, I'm trying to think what else is like a big name game. Well, Halo Infinite, which is, I mean... Whatever, Microsoft is still saying it's slated for 2021, but I don't buy that coming out either. I, mm, with the amount of work that, I, that I'm hearing is going into that game, mm -hmm. and like the, the screens caps that they've shown have been very impressive, I, I would be surprised if we see that this year. So, lots of delays, not a lot of like huge AAA games coming out. Even if all these games did come out, I guess you know Horizon is a really big game, and God of War 2. What is it even called now? I'm not, I'm not calling God of War 2. I'm never going to do that. There's already a God of War 2. Ragnarok, yeah. Um, those would be huge. And on the level of, like, you know, last year's, like, The Last of Us and Cyberpunk and stuff like that. But even if they all came out, it would still, I feel like, be a step down of a year from, like, a past couple years that we've had in terms of, like, huge, huge, huge games. And they're not going to come out. And we have new systems. And I'm wondering, what, what is the purpose of owning a PS5 or an Xbox Series X, Seth? I'm gonna push back because I will say, mm -hmm. if we get, oh my God, Breath of the Wild was supposed to come out this year? No way. Um, if we get, because we the games that are supposed to come out are like, if we get a, let's say we get a Halo, let's say we get a Gotham Knights, All right. let's say we get a Far Cry Six, let's say we get a Dead, and this this is like let's say I like I'm very special. Oh no, this is like <laughs> super Nine best case scenario. Death Loop, Bravely Default Two, and a Back for Blood. Would that be enough? If all of those came out, could you get enough with enough of these like small niche titles that are going to be good, in my opinion? Mm -hmm. Can we get away with not releasing a big AAA this year? 
Yay. And do we want AAA titles this year? Well, I know, because now I'm like going back on myself. Yeah, exactly. I'm going back on myself from earlier in this podcast. Because I thought last year was whatever. People can disagree with this, but I don't know how you can. Last year wasn't a great year. It was not a great year. It was for AAA, sorry, not for indies. All the games that came out were good. They were all pretty good. I don't think anything rose above an A-. And I think even that has been a little... I, I think there were a lot of B-pluses. I can give that to you. I, I can definitely give that to you. I, I can see as last year we didn't really get any knockouts. Yeah, nothing blew me away last year. No, nothing even came close to blowing me away last year. I can see that. I can see that. Um, but 2021, I I don't know. It depends. Cause I think you're a big multiplayer game type person. I think Back for Blood would be a game that would be really tickle that niche for you. Um, <laughs> like that. Um, you know, I think Far Cry 6, I think that's a game, that's a AAA title. I think if that releases and it's good and it does enough to, like, kind of deviate, I don't think it will. It's just going to be Far Cry again, right? But it, if, it, if it does enough right. deviate from that Far Cry formula that we're so used to seeing, I mean, 2021 could be a very surprising year. I mean, we are getting Bravely Default. I think that's a very niche game, but I yeah. think we saw Animal Crossing blow up. Why that's not, true. Why not see a JRPG finally blow up? I think Deathloop looks pretty amazing, though, again, it's... I don't know. Who knows? We have a Monster Hunter game coming out for Switch. Monster Hunter did very well when it came out for, uh, you know, all the other systems when Monster Hunter World came out. So we have a Ratchet and Clank this year for PS4. Do we, though? Hopefully. I I honestly think that out of all games that are announced, we're going to get a Ratchet and Clank um, release date pretty soon. All I'm saying is, is there a game that would make me need to buy a PS5 or an Xbox Series X right now. What is the game that I need to buy it for? I bought a Switch, literally bought one, and I hadn't bought a system in a while, and I bought it for Zelda. I bought it because I could only play that game on there, and I needed to play that game. No, no reason for you to buy a PlayStation 5 or Xbox. Right? So, like, when is when is that going to change? Probably when um, God of War or uh, possibly Horizon, but I don't see I don't see any of those coming out this year. So I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. But honestly, as someone who owns a PS5 and an Xbox Series S, there's no point in you having one right now. Right, I don't get it. I mean, like, do you, do you play it when you're playing now? Are you playing on your PS5 or are you still playing on your yeah, PS4? Yeah, my PS4 is locked away. Really? Why would I play on that? Because there's no loading times on the PS5. Is that the only difference that you're seeing right now? No loading times. There's, like, a... It's a major addition for me because I got a new TV, too. So, like... Look at you. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, the frame rate difference, I'm not going to lie. I was one of those people that was just like, oh, you're crying about 60 frames per second versus 30 frames per second. Oh, elitist. But now I'm like, I feel like I'm an elitist because it's a huge difference. Playing Miles Morales in 60 frames per second versus 30 frames per second is monumental, in my opinion. So those little things, I think the quality of life features, once all of these are added up, I think the menu looks a lot different, better in the PlayStation 5. It's a lot easier to get through things. I think once we do get these games, but as of right now, I think there's no reason for you to be trying to break your neck to get one. Yeah, I just, I mean, everything you're saying is not a game, you know? It's like, it's like a game looking better is kind of part of it, but I'm not, I don't care enough about that, and I don't think any casual consumer cares enough about like, oh, it looks really good already, but it could look slightly better on here to pay that price to just play the same games on another system. And... Yeah. I'm not saying it's uncommon for like it's it always takes a little while for the next console to like really take hold from the old console. 
But we're looking at like it's going to be a year and a half, maybe two years, if things go squirrely, before it is even worth having one of these things. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so yeah, I don't, and it, you know, and it all depends your preference. And I think if you want a big, a lot of people I know like God of War. So if you're waiting for God of War, you're gonna have to waste some time to buy a PlayStation Five. A lot of people I, I know, a lot of people that don't like Horizon, but I know a lot of people that really do love Horizon. That might be a system, a game that you know you go purchase the system. Maybe you're sick of how loud your PlayStation Four is. Get rid of that because it sounds like a goddamn jet plane. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I like it. That's a big reason why I wanted to get rid of mine, because it was too loud. It was ridiculously loud, and I know that was a major complaint. The thing, you could hear that thing outside of my room with the door closed. It was that loud. And I had a PS4 Pro. So, you know, it depends on your preference, but if you're looking for games right now, there's there's absolutely no point to buy one. Yeah, I just don't know when that's going to change, and that's my issue here. And I, that's what I'd be concerned about if I was one of these companies. Me too. I, I guarantee you... I. We will, we will see one of these games released this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will see a Horizon or a God of War or a Halo released this year. I, I am I don't think all of these will be released pushed back into 2022. I, but I, who knows with this coronavirus, right? Would it be disastrous if there was none of these that came out? To, go, to flip your question around on you, what if there was no AAA game this year? What if there was just, like, you know, AA, like, niche games that are, like, good... Even if they're all great, right? Like, what if there's no AAA game? What if there's not that blockbuster game? Number one, I, I, there's not a world where I could ever picture that happening, but if mm-hmm. there's not, to me, me, and this is very biased, I, I think this year could get through with it, right? Um, but then again, are we, we probably are going to get a Call of Duty this year. It hasn't been announced yet. Yeah. Most likely we're going to get Call of Duty. So the, these titles are going to come out. Right. They're still going to sell well. So, I, you know, regardless, we're going to get those games. But in regards of, like, a first-person... And I think we're, we're looking at terms of, like, what first-person cinematic big-name game is coming out this year, and we're not getting any. We're getting, like, Left 4 Dead sequel. We're getting a Left 4 Dead sequel. That's been clamoring out about for years. That should be a lot, a lot bigger, right? Most, a lot of people have been talking about that. So it doesn't feel that big to me, though. I feel like that game, even though it was very popular, it wasn't transcendently popular. You know what I mean? I, mean, I think it was. It had like a cult following. It did, for sure. I, I, and I think it got a lot popular because, you know, that game was popular when we were in high school. I don't know if yeah. remember, people were like going over to people's houses to play that game. That game was immensely popular. Yeah, it was popular, so I didn't really remember yeah, that type of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I love that game. <laughs> so, but and you know, with and that game was pop, immensely popular without social media. Yeah. So I'm just thinking people are clamoring for a multiplayer game that they can play with their friends. I know Earl's a big multiplayer fan. Oh, so, Earl, shout out! Oh God, so we need an Earl sound effect. Now that will we do need an Earl sound effect. Um, when that game theorem game comes out, I think we're gonna have. I think that game will do extremely well. Um, but in terms of like again, I think we're looking at in terms of first-person games that are coming out. I don't, I don't see any major. Maybe Gotham Knights sells well. Yeah. Again, I mean, look, we just went in a big circle, and now I'm like, this is what I care about. So this is why it's a failure if it doesn't work. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and I, that's why I can't. Like back to your original question, I don't, I, I, I don't know, because I just, I cannot see a world where a AAA game doesn't come out. Yeah, something's gonna come out. I'm still, I don't know. 
I don't know why, but I feel like Halo might come out. I feel like it's going to come out in like December. I see. I still f- I feel like we could see Horizon more so than sealing Halo. Hmm. Um, I think Microsoft really needs to nail Halo. I think my, a lot of these companies are seeing the cyberpunk fiasco. Yeah, I wonder, like, what's the fallout in the industry from that, right? Like what you were saying. Like, what are we... What's the, what are the ramifications of that game's, like, disastrous launch? I don't think you can release a broken game. Anymore. Yeah. No, I think that's exactly what it is. For the next five years, I don't think you can release a broken... So I think that's why Halo... A lot, and a lot of these games, a lot of these people were releasing broken games with mm-hmm. the day one patch, and then like patching that. I don't think we're going to get that as much, especially with these big, 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 big AAA games. Right. So I think Halo's really going to wait, and they got so much backlash <clears throat> for that artwork and that first demo. I think they're really going to wait. Uh, they should, and I hope they do. I, look again. I want uh, the world's better if there's a good Halo in it. Like <laughs> I want a good Halo game. The world is better when we have Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony all falling on all cylinders. Right. I don't want one to be so much worse than the other ones. Like, it was way better. The 360 PS3 generation, I thought, was much... It was more fun. There was more choice for me back then. Whereas, like, this one was just like, but it's PS4. You'd be an idiot to not have a PS4. Right. Right. And, you know, this generation, I think we might be seeing a little... They're both starting off bad. <laughs> right, yeah. So it might be a little closer than we think. Well, we'll see. It's going to be a crazy year. We're running out of time, so I'm going to wrap it up. But thank you, everybody, for joining us on the Donkey Kong Artist Podcast. It's fun to be back. It's fun to be back. It's been a while. Uh, let's do these more regularly and start getting back into podcasts. So we can talk to you, our wonderful listeners. Yes, thank you. Listen to us on SoundCloud. I'm going to try to figure out how to get this on Spotify. It's going to be the goal. Not that I'm quarantining. So, yeah, let's get it back going. Let's do it. YouTube, social media, yeah. We're all over the place. Uh, oh, check us out. On the old social MySpace. Yeah, exactly. we're on MySpace. We're on JDate. Um, Tricast. <laughs> Tricast is the it's the it's what we're using to record it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure, check us out on Tricast. Yeah, yeah. check us out on Tricast. <laughs> Why did I? I'm Shout out to Tricast. Who what knows? is that one? Oh, I have no idea. iHeartRadio? Sure, whatever. Check us out everywhere. We're on street corners screaming at people. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We love you guys. Get the bootlegs out of our truck. Love you, Earl. Love Stay you. Man. See you, Earl. Bye. I right, now just click stop recording. <laughs>